Spags, it's time for another doubleheader, a draft battle here in the Best Ball Mania Four Streets. My number 68th and a very nice 69th draft on tap today. Very exciting here. Our last drafts of June. Pete and I are going to take a week off next week to go and celebrate the 4th of July. So we're going to get it in good today as our draft room is filled. And, and Pete, it looks like a special treat for you here. You're drafted in the top four. So that never happens. Yeah, I feel like I've been all 110s through 112. So, uh, you know, it'll be nice. Uh, see some familiar friends. JGFC, who's never not been in a draft with me. Sam, who finds his way in all of our drafts. Uh, batch 9, I recognize. And then, uh, yeah, you here at the uh, at the end. So at least we're on opposite sides of the draft board today. Definitely a positive one for sure. Of course, it's going to be some fun today drafting these teams. Uh, the usual rhetoric here is that we'll draft some good teams perhaps, but along the way we'll probably get sniped and tilted along the way. And Pete, I didn't get a chance to watch Best Ball Breakfast yesterday, but I could see based on the title, it uh, did seem like you had perhaps a tough time in those rooms. Um, It it wasn't a tough time. It was, it was a great time. Uh, yeah, no, I had a team where I took JSN and Tyler Lockett and a guy – uh, took Geno Smith like just completely unstacked despite already having um, uh, other options for stacking. So yes, I was tilting that hard. This is an interesting spot at one four right now with the kind of Tyree kill um, situation here, but I am going to just go ahead and take Reek, even though I have been drafting uh, Cooper cup ahead of Tyreek uh, all off season. Yeah, I still have no issue uh, taking Tyreek anywhere. Still don't think anything will happen to him with his slapping a guy in the back of the head, getting on the wrong boat, it seems like, but the guy's not pressing charges. So I'm not going to worry about it that much. And also, Pete, reminder for your banner for number 68. There you go. Oh, there, wow. Same Great minds think alike. Um, so, Pete, one thing I got to say that's been in my head all week, Jalen Waddle going in the five hole here. Um, so that's a unique one. Uh, Sam mm. Sherman tweeting a lot about running backs lately. It has been kind of gnawing at the back of my head how his ADPs have worked out, how easy it is to not do zero RB this year. How are you feeling about the running back discourse heating up a lot, it seems like, heading into July? What I think is funny about the running back discourse is other than Eagles, Eagles is the only man I've seen post on Twitter truly running back heavy starts. The one person who's willing to say, hey, you guys are all wrong with this early wide receiver stuff. I'm going to hammer running backs. Even the people who like running backs, they say, oh, just take too early. And then I need to recover at wide receiver because I will be fucked if I do not catch up. So I actually think the running back discourse is actually in an actionable way, like not that interesting. Everyone agrees that there's really good running back value, specifically in the third round. Anyone who's watched my streams have noticed I've started a ton of teams with two running backs, um, but you just have to be conscious of the detours. But I actually, there's all this pushback to like the wide receiver stuff and still no one will post teams or show teams where they're taking four or five running backs in the first seven rounds. Like why am I not seeing those teams if there's a, if there's a counter strategy for this? I guess maybe it's gotten to the point that the idea of even taking those two to three running backs is uh, sort of pushing against the, the sentiment that people have towards zero RB. Um, so I don't know. I think that could be a part of it. I know for myself, you know, I'd certainly love to draft some uh, wide receiver heavy teams. I'm going to take Garrett Wilson here, but I took Austin Eckler, Pete. So I'm pushing back on myself here. If nothing else, I think to get a different portfolio because I have, as I've talked about, really been focused in on like, hey, it's too easy to not take zero RB teams because of these guys, uh, the Brees Halls, the world of Josh Jacobs, all of that that we talked about that are values in the second round. I had to kind of retrain my brain a little bit this past week, Pete, just to be like, all right, let's maybe go on a run here of taking running backs, even though I do much prefer taking zero, uh, zero RB teams. 
Yeah, and I and I actually think it's it's the opposite. I actually think people are not doing zero RB quite as much because the third round is so devoid of good wide receiver options. And you're you're staring at Brees Hall, who I love. You're staring at Derrick Henry, who seems appropriately priced. Elite quarterbacks, Mark Andrews, you know, all of this stuff. I actually think this is what I was talking with with Pat. Like, you have to make a really conscious effort to go zero RB because there is going to be a time in the third and fourth round where the best player is definitely uh, a wide receiver. So that's just like an, an interesting dynamic there where even though wide receivers going up the board um, higher than ever, you do still have to kind of push yourself to be like, I'm going to pass on this running back value to reach for Debo Samuel. Like that, that never feels good. And so I actually think zero RB is probably still underutilized relative to um, how people talk about it. No, I think that's a fair way to look at it too. And I, I know from my perspective on some of these running backs as well, you know, like the thing that I've dug my heels on last year was that no running back would get 25 or more touches. That ended up being the case. I think the high was uh, 23. Um, but that's something where that's the first time that's happened. And that's the part that I have a tough time with is that some of the data going out there that people are talking about this, you know, the advanced rates for running back heavy teams or early running back teams. It's accounting a period of time that really doesn't reflect the modern NFL. And I know the pushback is that it hasn't changed as much as people seem to perceive, but the fact that there's no real true bell cow running backs, like there used to be five to 10 guys getting 25 touches a game. Now there isn't even one of them. I think that does reflect the market shift that the data hasn't fully caught up on. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I do just have to highlight the one hole just took TJ Hawkinson at uh, pick 24. My guess too many beers here. This feels like a, a Q mistake, right? Like oh. if you're starting to put, um, got, oh, wow. And now Alexander Matt, this feels like the Davis Maddox star method has absolutely backfired. Or uh, just perhaps too many beers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this, this situation I'm going to be at here at three, four is a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. As far as with zero RB this year, I start Tyree kill Devonta Smith. Big zero RB, bro. Would love to go zero RB. Just give me all the receivers. Am I going to take DK Metcalf, who I do not like at this price and I'm underweight on, over Derrick Henry or Ramondre Stevenson or Josh Allen or Josh Jay? Like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Um, the question is, who do I take here? I am going to keep grabbing uh, Ramondre. I think he is the guy I prefer slightly over Henry, although I like them both. Some positive local beat reports about Ramondre so far that I guess there's usually a sub back in the Bill O'Brien offenses, and they think that'll be Ty Montgomery, but there's still a chance that it's mostly Ramondre out there or largely Ramondre out there. So the concerns about Montgomery might be a little bit overstated so far. Um, the one thing I will say, Pete, though, is I have been taking a lot of the DK Metcalf reaches. So I feel like I'm the unique breed that has been really mentally going the other way and being like, hey, I have to go zero RB here, where I probably should be taking more Henry and Jacobs in this range just because I haven't been doing it yet. The only thing I would say about that, and I think DK Metcalf is a good example of pushing. So it, you, you, you probably like DK Metcalf a little bit more than me, but I bet you would acknowledge that it's probably a relatively flat tier with some of those other wide receivers of just being like, push outside the ADP comfort zone and grab some Debo, grab if you like Amari Ridley. I like Keenan a lot. I know you like Christian Watson, but just making sure that your third wide receiver in zero RB builds isn't always DK Metcalf because then it's like, you want the benefit of the zero RB structure and the early wide receiver firepower, but then you were massively exposed to what I consider a pretty risky asset in third round DK Metcalf. No, I think that makes sense. I know you've been a little bit down on Metcalf with the potential for the volume to go lock its way to go JSN's way and all that. Um, certainly something that, you know, I've been mindful of as I've seen my Metcalf exposures get so high just because of being a zero RB guy. 
Uh, but I think I dug out of my Eckler hole here. I guess, yeah, I guess we'll just build out, build out our little bet on the Chargers. Keenan Allen, Pete, who's now soared up despite being an old guy and uh, normally the public, I guess, not quite as entranced by the old guys that they're soaring up at this point of the drafts. Yeah, I um, I forget. It. Now I get so many comments down my videos that I can't remember like who said what or if it was on Twitter or whatever, but someone was like, I'm having sticker shock with Keenan Allen in the third round. And I was like, I get it. You know, like traditionally an older wide receiver like Keenan isn't going to feel great there. But I do just like the macro of how everything's setting up for the Chargers this year, um, I think is pretty exciting. And um, let's see here. I'm going to start to mix in a little more Drake London, who I've been been light on. Um, again, with the thought, like, I just don't see much difference between all of these guys, but, um, I don't think I want to do ETN as my second detour quite yet. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, Keenan in, 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 you know, kind of different from the Metcalf situation. I do think if someone takes a really big hit because of Quentin Johnson, it's going to be more Mike Williams, where I feel like Keenan's role is just so insulated. And with Kellen Moore there, I get the excitement with that offense. I mean, they could be a really, really fun offense. And Keenan Allen, they were talking about this on ship chasing the other day too. His game has never been predicated on athleticism or whatever. Like his, his game will age gracefully just the way he plays. So I think you can definitely still capture like a really high end Keenan Allen season this year. It's also going to be a more vertical offense. Even some of the, the OTA reports, minicamp reports about the Chargers so far has been that uh, Keenan Allen's been the guy who's been out there running all the routes so far, despite Mike Williams certainly being a little bit younger, uh, Quentin Johnson being younger. Both those guys are coming off of injuries, so Allen's been out there. And he's running deeper routes than it seems like he ever has in his career. So if he is going to have one more year, like theoretically, if he kind of regresses in terms of his overall ability, but he's just got a higher A dot and you know a little more effective downfield targets, you can kind of see the effects of age maybe not be there quite as much. And... You know, I, I've talked about it. And I know we agree and we're on the same page with this. Like Kellen Moore going to the Chargers is probably one of the biggest offensive coordinator improvements out there. Um, so I think to me, I've had a little bit of Keenan Allen sticker shock. And now I, I kind of have to rationalize the fact that like I haven't taken them enough and I probably need to get some shares in before we do close out the summer. Uh yeah, I've, I'm just still shaking my head at this too many beers here. This feels exactly like a a star air, right? Um yeah. I said I was going to pass on ETN in the fourth. I am not going to pass on him in the fifth. Also, quick shout out to the chat as well. Appreciate all you guys hanging out this year, but we'll want to shout out Chunk the Deuce here. Just wanted to say what up on the live stream for the first. <laughs> Chunk the Deuce feed. It had to be the name. I don't Spag know. Spags was so excited to read a compliment that he just completely bulldozed over the name Chunk the Deuce. Keep going. Chunk the Deuce saying, just wanted to say what up on the live stream for the first time. Love the content. Just upset. I'm already addicted to the drafting in June. We appreciate hearing the new names out there. Obviously, our beloved regular is always a great thing here to see on Peach Channel and a Splash Play channel, which, of course, we do in the double header on after this draft ends. Uh, but, Pete, I just like seeing new names, and we're going to see more and more, and they're going to come in with wild card <laughs> theories, and we're just going to have to strap it and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Uh, this this theory from DG, DG also makes sense. Probably thought he did a slow draft and left after the 101. <laughs> like you get in, you're like, Justin Jefferson, let's star up my Vikings, baby, deuces. And then next thing you know, uh, I will be really curious to see how many Vikings did he star, Spags. This is our next bet. Do you think he's done after Kirk Cousins or do you think we get a, Kurt, uh, a KJ Osborne at pick 72? So I don't think he did star them. I think he's doing them live because it's not hitting the full 30 seconds for his picks. So I think he just loves the Vikings and is like, I got to get these guys and make sure he's doing, he's doing a too many beer stacks. He's doing his own <laughs> stream for himself. And I think that's what's happening. I don't think this is all Q errors. I think this is a person making a choice.
that would be really funny if he was like he took your idea of your you know you spin for a stack you know but he's like at home right now and he's had like 19 bud lights by 10 a.m <laughs> eastern and he's like firing up a stream right now there's somewhere there's like two and a half people watching him stream this just absolutely hammered going on a soliloquy about kj osborne right now uh hopefully that world exists Relative to some other streams that I've come across out there, I wouldn't mind watching that one. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound. It is, if, if you're going to be streaming best ball at this point, and trust me, I want to foster creativity. I want to encourage more best ball streamers. But yeah, let's uh, let's mix in some booze. Let's mix in some gimmicks. Uh, you want to you want to draft in character for a whole draft? Some people did want me to draft as mans for the 69th draft. Um, oh. If the draft didn't fall so early in the morning, maybe I would have entertained it. And I'm taking Michael Pittman here. I do have my Chargers double stack with Eckler and Allen, also have a week 17 correlation uh, with Garrett Wilson and Amari Cooper. But Pete never hurts to be alive for an AR stack at this point. Did you know, Pete, AR, uh, Best Ball Mania three winner, Pat Corain's highest drafted QB so far in Best Ball Mania? I saw that. Yeah. It's nice to know he's not going to win uh, Best Ball <laughs> Mania four. I will say, Spags, I've started to get. Um, in my, I got I got Anthony Richardson's bags at pick one ten in one of my Dalmatian slow drafts. Um, so I, I will be starting to pack my my bags here. Don't you worry, don't you worry. I, I'm glad, glad to hear it. Um, let's see. Look at this: sixteen percent Mike Evans, sixteen percent Traylon Burks. Um, do I have any kind of correlation stuff here? I think I would prefer to have slightly more Burks than Evans, all things considered, although I do like both of them. Yeah, I prefer Burks. Burks getting some nice uh, headlines. I think he's in the best he's in the best shape of his life, Pete. So that's gotta be pretty good. But he's <laughs> playing bigger, playing stronger. He says all of that. So um, I think it's a positive thing. If anybody's going to be good in this Tennessee offense, I think it's much more likely to be Burks than it is going to be Chig this year. Um, hard to see both guys getting there for me, but I guess if they both improve, uh, maybe can be that way. But Burks is a guy I don't have enough of, and I really do. He's another guy I probably need to hammer a little bit more, especially at that nice 69 spot. Yeah, he, he again, like I just don't think his upside scenarios are that different than the fourth round wide receivers. Um, and I don't even know like the actionable way to play that unless it's, you know, I'm not saying to reach for Traylon Burks because he doesn't seem like a guy that's screaming up draft boards. Although there continues to be some positive buzz about him from training camp. What did uh, David Kitchen tweet out about Traylon Burks? There it is, KJ Osborne. God damn it. Um, Traylon Burks, quote, I would say I'm playing fast, physical, and not thinking too much. I'm just getting better each day. So that's actually hype just coming from Traylon Burks himself. That feels like actionable information. Here's a relevant question from Chris Diaz in the chat. Can you be pro? Oh, can you be profitable while absolutely pissing away your EV to be funny while streaming? I've realized, Pete, and I know it's tough because you're streaming every single draft, so you perhaps don't have that counterpoint. Sometimes you get better drafts on a stream, and I know it's hard when there's all the wide receiver avalanches that people see and all that, but at least you have drafters that get out of the way that don't take too many illogical things along the way. I tend to think that having the stream drafts and then the off-stream drafts for me has been a good balancing of my portfolio, but how are you feeling now that you're almost halfway through? Yes, yeah, someone asked me the other day in the chat, like what, because I think there was a conversation on Twitter the other day about what you thought your EV was of each team. And Liam said his best ball media entries were worth $55, uh, which is just an astronomical EV. The way I kind of think about it is I think it's going to be harder for me to advance teams in these rooms because I'm drafting with people who know how to draft smart structural teams and for the most part aren't making like glaring mistakes. So I think my EV in getting out of these, damn, I wanted Kyle Pitts to fall there, although I'll just grab uh, Mike Evans as I was debating both of them. Um, 
I think it's going to be harder for me to advance. My EV is probably neutral, but I do think the teams I do get through to the playoffs will be slightly positive EV, just because I do think the type of teams I'm building are going to be unique. I'm often going to have some pretty big ADP fallers. Um, I think just my rooms lend themselves to some interesting builds and combinations that I wouldn't get in others. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. Um, I'm not holding my breath for a mega advance rate this year, but I am holding my breath that I could have one or two teams uh, make a run. Yeah, I think it's a fair way to look at it. And honestly, I think the biggest uh, test of everything, and we've talked about it before, that you could probably auto-draft and get that close to that advance rate of the average of 16%. Um, I think that's something, too, where you might just end up with 16%, but have a pure 16% to some other people out there. Um, I would have liked to have gotten Quentin Johnson there, but our guy Batch takes him. Um, man, could use a running back here. I don't want to box myself out of AR yet. I'm going to reach for Elijah Moore and then see what happens on the way back. Ugh. Damn it. Quentin Johnson going really fucked up what I was trying to do there. Yeah, you were going for the big uh, the big stack there. Let's, yeah. let's recap our teams here now through uh, seven rounds. I have two running backs, five wide receivers, Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne at running back. Wide receivers, Tyree Kill, Devonta Smith, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Mike Evans. Spags, what as you're about to be on the pit clock here for the eighth. So I have Justin Herbert, Eckler, uh, wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, and Elijah Moore. And I do think, unfortunately, this is not going to be an AR room for me. I'm taking known good guy. Actually, nope. It might still be an AR room because Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson, Pete, both are week five buys. Uh-oh, the bye week bros are coming after you. I was piecing that together. I was like, oh, wow, you have both Elijah and Amari. Here comes the Watson pick. Oh, wait, will the bye week bros scare him away? Um, that said, you know, again, I don't even think this is bad, although I do think, um, well, you could you could pro if if Anthony Richardson slipped, you could you could probably get away from, from it, but that is a lot of draft capital to invest. Uh yeah. I mean, I took an early running position. back, so I don't need to hit zero RB in the same pocket I normally would. Um, so I think that's the one thing I'll tether myself to as we uh, go forward with my picks. But see what Pete does here on the clock. Yeah, I have been, you know, basically I've been saying that I'm going to start taking Zay Flowers ahead of Rashad Bateman. But in these spots where Zay Flowers is off the board and I do have a little mini correlation with Tyreek Hill, I will take a Bateman discount here, which is uh, actually just had a video that came out for Fantasy Life today looking at the Ravens camp battle. And my thing was I'm taking Flowers over Bateman, but I am going to scoop up Bateman now when he falls past ADP. So, uh, you know, put my money where my mouth is there. What put Flowers out of Bateman for you? Is it the fact that Bateman's getting cortisone shots in May? Yeah, I think there's just more risk to Rashad Bateman having um, re-injuries, not having a big training camp. And, you know, if he's missing games in the preseason, his ADP is going to fall. So if working under that, you know, thought of if we're going to get cheaper Rashad Bateman, I don't want to be really heavy at ADP. I want to pick my spots with him after ADP because I could see him slip another 10, 20 picks if we get bearish news during preseason. Yeah, the Bateman foot stuff, leg stuff, it just worries me enough. Um, you know, Zay Flowers, I wasn't in love with coming in. I kind of think to me, it's something I talked about because I stacked the Ravens on my Spag Stacks video on Friday, which you can check out on the Splash Play channel. Fun playlist to go through. Now, not so many beers is drafting former Vikings <laughs> with Delvin Cook. So well, I, that one, 
Yeah, the spike. I think that one was an ADP. So I do think the star thing happened. My guess is they end up with Michael Thomas here. Um, okay, we'll find out because I, I know we've talked about drafts getting thrown out recently. This is the most live to get thrown out because of all the ADP reaches with Osborne, with McBride. Like, I think we're now in the danger zone of this one being uh, against your count. Well, now all of them are going to be ADP values. So, yeah. yeah so that's exactly – it is the theory that either they thought it was a, a slow draft or they literally made their first pick, started up, and had something happen because they did go through their star queue – Apparently didn't like Ty Chandler. They're firmly on Dwayne McBride <laughs> over Ty Chandler. And then just pieced out and now is getting uh, all the veteran fallers. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, certainly the brand for too many beers strong here in this first stream. I'm seeing them draft. And if you see that name in a draft, just keep an eye on it. Let us know on social media if he's doing the same thing. All right, Spags. You're going to be proud of me. I'm going to take your boy here. Um this is the exact kind of spot. If Tua came back, I would have preferred to stack Tua with Reek. I don't have a lot of quarterback options on this team. I'm not a fan of the Bucks or the Titans QB situation. I don't mind Ritter super late, but I do not have a lot of stacking options here. And then this is one of the issues I talk about when you hammer one position early is that it makes it tougher to build backdoor stacks, right? Because I'm not going to be taking a lot of extra wide receivers. So who's a quarterback I feel comfortable, not, you know, uh, Omega stacking. It's definitely a guy like Anthony Richardson. I'll get a share here at pick 100. No, I think that makes sense. I, I was would have considered taking him if he came back my way, just because I do have Michael Pittman, and I planted my AR flag. Um, and there's going to be so many teams I have, Pete, that are just AR got away from me, and I have Michael Pittman on. So I really hope he's going to be good this year, and he is the Devonta Smith in this offense. The, oh, Michael Pittman as the Devon. Yeah, because I just keep taking him. And then if AR goes, it's like, well, I guess I just got Michael Pittman now. Like, I like I don't love the bet without AR, obviously. Yeah, I have, uh, I do not feel like, you know, I think you can draft Pittman on his own. And I think you can draft Richardson without Pittman. I don't, I don't think they're like, is hyper linked together as like some other quarterback wide receiver combos. Have you been following some of Chad Maschke's data, which are the badge bros, I think, are the main vessel for what he's been putting out there, but he has some good Twitter uh, updates as well. But he's been talking about some of the stacking not being as high, and I think he's only got like two, 3% of the BBM entries overall compared to the 24% or whatever that's been completed. But it seems like people are not stacking enough, so I have to presume that if they're not stacking like good QBs, they're probably not stacking like an AR with Pittman as often as I would think they should. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And I think that data is now starting to get more interesting here. I do think we are about on the cusp before training camp of we're going to start to see a lot more ADP movement, specifically with the running backs. And I do think some buzzy wide receivers here um, as we go. Uh, I want to check in on a couple comments, Spags, but you want to talk about what you're doing here at the turn? Yeah, I'm getting sniped on everything. Javante Williams has, would have been a nice value. Instead of take P. Ryan, I would have liked to have had Njoku fall back. But of course, Randstad needed him for no correlation whatsoever. So no Njoku for me with Mark Andrews. Great team. Um, I think I'm going to have to take a running back here. I am going to take Damian Harris and see if maybe I could build out some New England stuff late. I, I like both of those picks. P. Ryan, uh, Damian Harris, uh, nice pairing there with uh, Eckler or a zero RB build. Those guys should get touches right out of the gate. Um, hang on. What did I want to uh, – there's there's a couple comments I wanted to get to here. Um, I To people saying, will this draft get thrown out for the Minnesota guy, I do not think it's going to, to get thrown out. Um, 
Oh, here's the thing. I mentioned this before. So Spags and I, I do not ping people on Discord because it is very obvious when we get into these drafts. It's <laughs> There's a reason why JGFC is always in the drafts. It's because the second the stream starts, Spags and I enter right before the show starts. So that is how you know uh, when we are getting in a uh, splash play draft. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Pat Fryermuth here. I don't have any correlation specifically with, um, with Seattle, but... Um, I like him a lot here. 10 picks past ADP. Also, shout out to Andrew saying he took Williams to Spags to take Njoku, which I appreciate when people do allow us to get a nice lined up stacks. The issue, Andrew, is that I tried to push Njoku <laughs> to my next pick instead and perhaps got greedy. But I appreciate the sentiment here. It is a community effort, not a collusion, Pete, just a community supporting their favorite streamers. Uh, I like that. Spags assuming we're their favorite streamers. <laughs> um, we all know it's Flock. Here we go. Oh, Coffee pour. People love when I talk slightly over the coffee pour. <laughs> yeah, you really ruined it. I mean, people like people really like the coffee pour, and I I can't even tell how much of it's like genuine ASMR or everyone's just in on the bit. But I, I mean, I, I I could draft Spags, the the world's most beautiful team, just perfectly correlated all these ADP values, and people would still talk about the coffee pour in the comments instead of the team. But it's like the OCD, I think. Like, you did you watch Mr. Rogers when you were a kid? And yeah. it's like when he like is getting undressed, which is weird that there's like a grown man getting undressed after his day was like the intro to the show. But he's like taking off his shoes, and there's like the sound <laughs> of it. Like there is something to that thing. So I could see why that would be like a little bit of an OCD tick that he just want to hear the coffee pour as part of it. I know. Um, I, I appreciate you explaining, you know, how putting yourself in the shoes of someone who might be feeling that way about the coffee pours. Um, all right, what do we got going on here? Uh, I was kind of hoping Rashad Penny would fall back. This does feel like a running back selection for me. Um, we, I, I have pretty heavy Herbert bags, or I'll, I guess that's come down a little bit. I was hot on him, but I do have the uh, Drake London there, and I still do like Khalil Herbert. Um, let's add Khalil Herbert as my third running back with Ramondre and Etienne. So Vikings and Olds, Kevin's pointing out, is too many beers strategy. Do you think, Pete, that too many beers is mad by about recent decisions that Bud Light's made? <laughs> They're marketing because that, that's the kind of draft I'm envisioning here. No, I do think what's funny about it is because they are, you know, they've been auto-drafting um, since round eight is just who are the type of players that slip past ADP and hang around at the queue for a few rounds. <laughs> it's like all the guys, no one wants to click. Who wants to click Dalvin Cook right now? Who wants to click Michael Thomas? Who wants to hit Alvin Kamara? At least they have some nice correlation going on here with the Saints accidentally and then Odell Beckham. It's just like, I I, I hate myself anytime I click uh, any of those guys. And uh, some of them I've never clicked. I still like Michael Thomas, but yeah, I think most of those names not feeling too great. Alvin Kamara, uh, since it does come up a lot whenever we're talking about him, his suspension stuff probably not going to hit until July because that's when his court date is, as somebody pointed out, uh, out to us, I think, last week. So uh, keep that in mind for the Kamara pick if you're worried about his ADP or where it is right now. Uh, but let's see what I get on the board here. So I have three running backs. I have five receivers. I kind of feel I don't have any tight ends. So that's actually an issue. But Aaron Rodgers is falling enough here that I think I can get away from my bye week issues. I'm taking a third QB, double stacking week 17 with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, you you have Garrett Wilson, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't hate this um, 
at all. And, you know, something like Sean and I did on our draft last week where we, we did three tight end build, but actually spent on those tight ends a little bit more. And I think it would have felt more gross if you didn't have Garrett Wilson, but being able to stack up your number one wide receiver um, with that third quarterback there. And the whole thing too, about even when you look at Leone's data and it doesn't account for like draft capital, like if you were looking at the buckets, you have spent more at the quarterback position than you need to for sure. But the way you harness a three quarterback build is with having three different stacks during the fantasy playoffs. That's where you can get that back. So it'll probably be one of those things where it makes it harder for you to advance out of this league, but could really work in your favor the way the playoff gauntlet uh, works. If you're able to really lean into those stacks. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And yeah, I probably could have pushed Rogers here, but after getting burned on the Njoku push, figured I would just grab him. And honestly, I was going to take Dulcich either way for that pick to get some more uh, little LAC Denver correlation, which is probably one of my least correlated week 17 games of my portfolio so far. Um, I don't have anything really jumping out to me here. So I do think I'm just going to take Alec Pierce and likely be done at wide receiver. This will be my seventh wide receiver and get that stack um, with Anthony Richardson there. Yeah. All right. So nice seven receiver team here. And you did, you did get your early running back. So I feel like good draft capital Watman. I think the, all the tools would approve of your draft capital buckets here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's kind of funny now how like the top two running backs at the queue who I'd normally take in these spots. Like I don't, I guess I'm not opposed to taking Roshan with Khalil Herbert. I don't think that's bad, but I, I don't like taking tank with ETN because I do really think the seasons ETN does have like a legendary season because they start throwing in the ball and he just turns into a bell cow. Then I really think that tank has more of a red shirt year in that scenario. He he'll, he'll still get some touches, but I do feel like he's more of a true handcuff than, you know, a coexisting backfield. Maybe that's a bad take, but that's how I feel about those. And it's more of a price thing, right? If I spend pick 120 on Herbert, I don't need as much out of him as I do Travis Etienne as a fifth round pick. I think that Bigsby, uh, I agree that Bigsby is kind of coming for ATN's role. I guess the way that you can you know, sort of logic yourself into taking both of them is that Bigsby's probably coming for, you know, five to 10 of those touches and then the rest will go to ATN. Um, but still, like, I think that they took Bigsby because I think this regime doesn't love ATN. We saw it with the usage down the stretch last year, uh, not enough pass game work. Um, to me, like Bigsby is not a contingent back, but he is sort of a guy with a role potentially who could take the entire role if ATN falls completely out of favor. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like playing the backfield both ways. I, I find the sliding prices for ETN very palatable, and I think Tank Bigsby's a strong, you know, zero RB candidate. Um, mm -hmm. All right, what are we going to do here at pick 148? I do think maybe I will – I could – you know what? Maybe I will go just Algier here um, since I do have London. I already took Herbert. I think these guys are close. Um you know, Algier, definitely more of just a pure contingent play where I do think Roshan could eventually, as the season progresses, wrestle away more of that backfield. But with the Herbert pick, I do think I prefer a scenario where Herbert holds on to the job and Algier realizes his contingent value. There isn't a world where you would take Herbert and Roshan together as like Herbert, the guy who starts the year and Roshan who wins the year over or the, the role over the course of the year. No, and I, I've done it um, before. I was just thinking if I think it's close, right, between Algier and Roshan, and I have kind of the correlation stuff already of building out a bet on Atlanta, um, I just thought it was a good tiebreaker. But if Algier was gone there um, and who would have been the next guys, like, yeah, down to the Singletary Ford stuff, I do probably just take uh, 
take Roshan and double up there on the Bears. I mean, the thing the thing that's nice about the Bears too, right? And I've said this before. I mean, they ran at the highest clip last year. Even if they throw a little bit more, they're still going to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. They ran 60% of the time last year. So my whole thing with the Bears' backfield is I don't even think you have to be right just picking one. I think you can be right getting two of those guys. Um Roshan is interesting to me because I do think if a guy emerges as the pass catcher there, Roshan has the best pass catching profile. So mm. I don't know, maybe I'm talking myself into, I should have uh, doubled up on bears running backs, but I'm, I'm almost a bear uh, running back in, in most drafts and, and certainly at least one bear or saint or dolphins running back at every draft. Uh, once again, I'm loser running back. I would have liked to have taken in Jerome Ford would have made sense with my Cleveland bet, but I'll reach for Tyquan Thornton a little bit here and get some, Buffalo, New England correlation, another receiver in the building. But I'm just I'm just slightly losing out, Pete, on all the guys that are getting close to falling right where I want them to be. And this has been a, a frustration point for me this draft. Uh-oh. Not a full tilt. Frustration point. Yeah, I would I would never want you to full tilt, Spags. No, that's no. Not good for views. Nobody enjoys watching that. But shout out to the chat as well. Seeing some nice chats coming through, including uh, this one from Chief Smoke saying, Flock's been my favorite for a while, but you guys were growing on me. We appreciate it here. Obviously, welcoming of all the refugees from other YouTube channels, even if we do razz them occasionally on here. Um, I am so, man, this is a tough one. Because I do have Gerald Everett. Pete, if you were in my shoes, would you take Gerald Everett for one more tight end? Or would you take Marvin Mims for a little more Denver at receiver? Um... That's tough. I mean, I love correlation. I love Marvin Mims. Both picks seem seem fine to me. I'd probably just play the ADP game, honestly. But yeah, so we are a little bit behind ADP on Everett, or a little bit after ADP. So I will take Gerald Everett here, and probably be done at tight end with Dulcich and Gerald Everett. Which weird tight end room for me, but I think that's probably a two tight end build. I I think that was a close call, but I do think you've done decent enough at wide receiver that you didn't need to force it. You also have some other outs for wide receivers late. You know, if you want to continue to build out your stacks, right? Like Mikkel Hardman's always there for Jets. If you want to take a flyer on a Cedric Tillman late, you can do that. And then just complete, you have such a big bet on the Chargers. And like in my perfect world, when I'm making an Omega bet on an offense, I really would like to have the tight end there because the tight end production is just so correlated with the quarterback production. And if the Chargers are going off, um, over the course of three weeks, like you certainly can envision the Gerald Everett game during that stretch. Yeah. It's one of those guys that I think the market never fully recovered from the idea that he might've gotten released or that they might've drafted a replacement for him. And they didn't do either of those things. So Everett's certainly still a good player to me. And I think, uh, yeah, if I'm stacking up chargers, he and Allen are probably two guys that uh, could be the key drivers there along with Eckler. Um, I love a full charger stack. I don't do it a lot, but I do think this worked out pretty well. Yeah. I like it as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab my second quarterback here. It's this part of the board is very flat to me as far as what I'm wanting to do. Um, I already kind of know come a couple of my later picks. So we're going to grab Kenny Pickett to stack with Fryermuth here, uh, Richardson and Kenny Pickett. Now my quarterback room, my running backs, Ramondre, ETN, Herbert, and Algier wide receivers, Tyree Kill, Devonta Smith, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, Alec Pierce, and tight end Pat Fryermuth. I'm also, I don't know how to say this to people, but apparently the stream is down. If they people refresh, refresh your stream. I don't know how they would see it. Actually, I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Uh, but yeah, but some people lost the stream, even though oh, I did weird. not on my end. Yeah, I don't think uh, you, I didn't lose you at all, right? Maybe it was a YouTube no. glitch. No, and I all have right. it on my laptop here. So I don't know, I guess maybe a part of the country could be like the weird servers being in different parts of the country. Maybe one portion lost it. Man, we're already getting shadow banned. 
block heard his name came up and then put you know you know pulled uh some of his connections at youtube to give us a little flash cancellation i will say uh, i will ask everybody to hit the like button here on peach channel i'll point out too so what Pete, you know, this would tilt me pretty hard. Somebody already gave a dislike to the Splashplay version of the doubleheader today, which means it's one of our foes out there who really don't like us. But also, uh, we get more views, Pete, when we get more likes. So something to keep in mind here. Our biggest viewed videos have been our most liked videos. So there's a correlation play there, guys. If you want to help Peach channel out, of course, it is March to 15,000 subs. The Splashplay channel, it's March to 3,000 subs. Hit the like button on the videos. It really does help us out here. Get seen by more people. More recommendations go into the mix uh interesting yeah i am you know i've been good about asking for people to subscribe to the channel we did pass fourteen thousand subs uh normally it's the chat reminding me to ask people to like uh the video and um so i, I didn't think it mattered your... but then i saw like our most liked videos it's like that's when it gets served up to twenty five thousand people in terms of like the recommendations i mean and if yeah. we don't get as many likes it's like you know 15 to uh, twenty thousand, which which matters for for streamers on the rise like pete and i uh Thank you, James. Yeah, feels feels good. We are on our way to 15K. I feel pretty confident we will hit that over the next month or two and get to do that giveaway. Um, man, I have so much. I, I'm kind of surprised how much Tajay Spears I have. I like my exposures always surprise me sometimes, but I do have this bet um on the Titans with Traylon Burks, and I will kind of build that out here with Spears as probably. Probably my last running back here, Ramondre, Etienne, Herbert, Algier, Spears. I guess it could be a fringe six six running back build. Uh, what's your percentage on Spears? I didn't see it on your screen. It's like it was like sixteen, probably seventeen percent after that pick. Okay, see, so yeah, I'm at fourteen Spears, and which feels okay in terms of zero RB portfolio. Though I kind of have fallen a little bit less out of love with Spears as this offseason's gone on for no particular reason besides just I guess maybe a little more like for Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, again, when you're drafting Spears at pick 172, you don't need him to have a standalone role. You know, it, it would be nice if he was in there coming in. What the what you get excited about the standalone role isn't even the production that's hitting your lineup. You're getting excited that the coaches trust him and are willing to have him on the field early. And then it gives you the confidence if Derrick Henry gets injured that Tajay Spears is going to be the main guy out on the field. So to me, he's still a strictly a handcuff play, um, but... I will be uh, excited if we see him on the field early in the season. Yeah, no, I think he, and he can be that, you know, that role last year for Dontrell Hilliard, where he was getting some pass game work, was getting a little bit of the sneaky kind of, you know, uh, shotgun snap rushes. So I think it's something for Tajay Spears where there is a theoretical role there if they do run that offense back in the same way. But a uh, new offensive coordinator for them who's also not a guy with any sort of pedigree. Um, I think he was the passing game coordinator for uh, for Tennessee last year. So he got promoted for running that offense and passing game last year. All right, I'm going to do what I sometimes do with the chat here before you talk through your picks. Uh, I definitely have a luxury pick if I'm going to do a third tight end or a sixth running back. Let me let me hear from the chat which way you guys would go. A third tight end. I only have one right now, but it's Friermuth, and I have five running backs. I think I could stop. Um, it's either a sixth running back or a three tight end build. Let me know. Yeah. I'm going to grab a fifth running back here and take Gus Edwards. So I have the most bootleg version of the Miami Baltimore game in week 17 with Raheem Mostert and Gus Edwards. And Mostert was a nice little value pick. So I think I'm done at running back with five here. I like that. You, um, you know, it's like you got the, you got the Prada handbag, except uh, you bought it like off the street uh, <laughs> in New York city and not from the Prada store. Yeah, the stitching is just somebody's bubble gum, some used bubble gum <laughs> put in there, but it works. Still looks like a Prada bag from afar. Um, the chat says they want me to show the roster here. I am, 
I am going to, this looks like it's probably going to be a three tight end build because I'm going to take the Jawan Johnson ADP fall. This is one of those picks where sometimes everything lines up, right? I need a tight end. He's 20 picks past ADP and he's correlated with Mike Evans in week 17. So um, accomplishes a lot of our objectives there. And I believe this is going to lock me into uh, a three QB or a three tight end build most likely because I have another tight end on my radar. Forgress here is saying what I usually do here when I get AR as well. Uh, just take Michael Mayer for free at the end of drafts, which feels pretty great. A uh, great red zone target in college, playing indoors in week 17. Uh, Mayer, to me, Pete, is just one of those guys undervalued right now just because he hasn't had the steam because he's been uh, banged up, I guess, or missed minicamp for some reason. Might not even be an injury. Yeah, I like Mayer a lot. I saw Karain on Twitter reference. He mm-hmm. is his most rostered uh, tight end right now. I, I do completely agree that he's mispriced. Um and yeah, he's, uh, I think he fits into kind of like the Sam Laporta stuff of, you know, he's a good two tight end pick, you know, if you pairing him with like a Mark Andrews or a George Kittle. And I think he's also a good late, you know, three tight end, uh, selection there. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think mayor is underpriced. And mayor right now is my number two in BBM actually right behind Mark Andrews. Uh, Andrews just under 20% mayor, just a little bit over 18, which mm. I feel pretty good about. I like my exposure so far. Yeah, uh, CLN says my AR back stacks are always with Adams or Jacobs, and sometimes Mayer, a little Mayer, but rookie tight ends are Blay. The thing is, is like, yes, they are generally, but like two things. One, we saw rookie tight ends really come on at the end of last year. We saw Trey McPride have a big game in week 17. We had we saw Jelani have a spike week. Um, I'm even forget. Obviously, Dolchich was big. On top of that, this is the best tight end class. Like Michael Mayer was a better prospect than a lot of those guys. And so you have a really good tight end class and they're free. You know, I get like the, the reason we don't like Kincaid is because you're taking on that rookie risk. Um, of course, Michael Mayer gets sniped from me yeah. here. Uh, two picks. It happens. Um, but that's the thing about uh, a couple of these guys is they are so, so cheap. Um I am going to grab, I did want Ritter as part of a three QB build here. Anthony Richardson, Pickett, and Ritter. I do have a nice bet on the Falcons. And Ritter's a guy I've been consciously trying to get some more of. I wrote about him in the Fantasy Life newsletter on Monday. And when I have London, when I have Algier, I like tacking on Ritter. Because otherwise, I, I think I totally could get away with Richardson and Pickett as a two QB room. I don't think that's bad. Um, but I also think this could uh, firmly be a three uh, QB room as well. Yeah, no, I think three QB makes sense. Certainly, if you want to account for any risk of Richardson not starting right away, I still obviously would err on the side of thinking that he will. But the bat, the worst case scenario for Richardson is that he doesn't start till after their bye, which is week 11. So uh, that's one thing to keep in mind there. But I don't think he can not start after that. Um, I am going to take one of the receivers here. Pete mentioned earlier, going to take McCole Hardman. So that'll give me my seventh receiver, and I'll get to complete a little double stack here with the Jets because I think Conklin went already. So. Did he? Conklin always goes before you think he will. That's it's so funny how there's some picks, and obviously I have my my history with Tyler Conklin snipes, but there are some players where the field just does not like them unstacked or uncorrelated. And like if you're heavy on Jets and Browns, it's like you might just have a clean path to getting a player. But Conklin, people like him just in a vacuum. Um, I think people are just in on Aaron Rodgers tight end and they're not gonna overthink it. Conklin just never seems to really fall that much in drafts. So I'm torn right now. Hunter Henry, I think, makes sense for this build. You mentioned Cedric Tillman before. I think he makes sense here. Nobody else does. Would you go a third tight end, Pete, or should I go with uh, Tillman? 
I would go, I would go another wide receiver here, I think, in this build. Um, unless you I would break the tie in favor of the correlation, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind getting the triple stack here. I wish I'd gotten in Joker earlier because I think I would have felt a little better about my tight ends, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll skip Hunter Henry here, but I think Hunter Henry going to be out there quite a bit based on everything we've seen so far in minicamp. Yeah, I I think the reason also, I am maybe a little higher on Dolchich and Everett. Like some people might look at that pairing and be like, that's a three tight end room, but I, I like both those guys uh, a lot where I don't think you necessarily had to um, tack on a third if there wasn't like an obvious correlation play for you there. Yeah, if Conklin um, had fallen, that would have been very obvious, but yeah. I am going to do my preferred way to uh, double stack uh, Anthony Richardson, which is with uh, Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. So I like how this team came together. Um, this is like a build type. I, I talked about this with uh, Brick the other day, how this three five seven three build where you get the benefits of the three potential different stacks in the playoffs, but you also have one guy who has access to a top five ceiling and we can quibble with it as far as Richardson and Fryermuth. Those aren't prices for an elite QB or an elite tight end, but they are in the mid tier there. So my thought is, can I have a, a Kenny Pickett week, a Desmond Ritter week and an Anthony Richardson week? And can the, you know, Richardson or Fryermuth weeks come at a week where they separate from the rest of the position? basically. So you're kind of getting to have the elite onesie cake with the three different stack uh, cake at the same time is kind of what I've been messing around with. So people are wondering how uh, too many beers finished his CMP. If you want to maybe yeah. pull that up. Let me go. Let me go to the other, the yeah. different view here. Because it seems like he went with a three, five, no, three, six, five, four. It looks like is his final team. Too many beers. Let me zoom out a little bit here. Um, yeah, this team is definitely not getting thrown out. They just took ADP values to end. I mean, Chase Brown picked 216, Jeff Wilson 192. Um, some of the ADP fallers are so big that um, I, I don't want to say it fully offset it, um, but it offset it a little bit. <laughs> and of course, he's the one that took Conklin. Too. He's, of course, he took Conklin. <laughs> he took Conklin. I love that. It is uh, funny, though, that he did get former Vikings. Like, if this was an auto-draft, he got Cook, he got Irv Smith, the former Vikings, so he kept it on brand, even if it was accidental. Uh, I love that. Um, let me let me name this team, and then we can recap our, uh, our drafts. As a reminder, guys, do not uh, disappear here. Immediately following the stream, we're heading over to the Splash Play channel. I have that linked in the description down below. I have it pinned, I believe, in the chat. We'll be doing my 69th. Very, very nice draft over on the Splash Play channel. Make sure you guys are liked and subscribed here. Um, if for some reason this is your first time watching, I am doing a giveaway when I hit 15,000 subs. We are less than 1,000 subs away. Every one of my Best Ball Mania streams, wherever I do it, whether it's here, on Splash Play, Ship Chasing, wherever, if you leave a comment after the show ends, you will get entered into a giveaway. I'm going to do three $500 winners when I hit 15,000 subs. We'll do it on stream. I'll get all the names pulled. Um, just make sure you're doing some creativity in the comments. I saw if you read the FAQ, I do say don't write just comment, comment, or first. I do throw those out. So as long as you're giving a concerted effort to comment like a non-robot, you will be entered in the giveaway. Yeah, got to watch the bylaws there and all the giveaways as always here. But give us a reading, to, uh, Pete, on your final team. Yeah, um, I'm just naming it here for my uh, my OCD. 
Um, I'll love it when that fits here. So I finish with a three, five, seven, three build here uh, at quarterback, Anthony Richardson, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter had to get an Anthony Richardson uh, share to make Spags proud of me. My running backs, uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne, kind of a little double anchor RB build out of the dare I say dead zone. And then Khalil Herbert, Tyler Algier and Tajay Spears to round out the room. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, please don't get suspended. Devonta Smith, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, Alec Pierce. Feel very good about that room. Six wide receivers through 93 picks and then tack on Alec Pierce. And then the tight ends, which I like as well. Pat Fryermuth, who I uh, backstacked with Pickett. Juwan Johnson is a big ADP faller. And then Jelani Woods to round out the Anthony Richardson pick. So I, a lot of times I say I don't like my teams on these streams. Uh, I actually like this team. Yeah, funny how that works out when one guy completely throws away his seat. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's team gets a little bit better. You know what? I think I deserve one gift after battling the, the best and brightest on underdog for most of the time to have, have one guy uh, phoning it in. Uh, my final team here, I got a 3-5-8-2 build. Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers at QB. So no bye week bros tilting here. Running back, Eckler, Samaje Pirine, Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Gus Edwards, maybe went a little too thin, but the Eckler part of it made me feel like I could. A receiver, Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, Tyquan Thornton, McCole Hardman, and Cedric Tillman rounding out the room. And a tight end, all such an Everett. Certainly a, a unique team for me, nicely correlated for week 17, but... Uh, maybe could have worked some pockets a little better, but I think, think again, two solid teams, Pete. I think we're in our, our stride right now of drafting teams. So of course we'll, we'll take some time off for 4th of July and get much worse. Yeah. I thought you drafted uh, a strong team. You know, it, I think it would have been a tough spot for you. If you, I guess if you didn't get the Rogers faller, maybe you, you probably would have tacked on Mac Jones, right? Would you have? Gone yeah. I mean, that would have been an option, I think. Yeah. And then the only other two V two that was tough, um, asking me to pass on Marvin Mims. Um, basically, it would be Marvin Mims instead of Cedric Tillman, and then Gerald Everett would have been a lesser tight end. But then that would have forced you in to probably a three tight end build if you didn't have Everett. So that would have kind of messed up your structure, I think. Yeah, I think this, uh, you know, I look, I like building different teams, certainly not my usual go-to here, but that's sort of what we try to do on these streams is stretch our legs a little bit, take the rooms gives us, and uh, we'll do that well. But Pete, give the plugs one more time here. Of course, people should be following you at Peter Overzet, following me at Chris Bags. It should over to the Splash Play channel. It'll redirect you here on Pete's channel. Uh, once this video ends, we'll be doing our second draft of the day there. And again, no show, uh, no Splash Play shows next week because I'll be on vacation and Pete will as well. Yeah, uh, a few other housekeeping things for me. I did just post uh, yesterday, I recorded a best ball data roundtable. Mike Leone joined as well as the guys over at Fantasy Data Pros who I've been working with. You guys have heard me talk about their data encoding course here. Um, we did a little roundtable talking about the current best ball data landscape, uh, Josh Lee's controversial uh, thread about does stacking matter and about um, just how you guys can get started as well, learning how to to code with their fantasy football course. So some interesting conversations there. I recommend checking that out. Um, no club show today. Uh, Spags, I forgot to tell you, not that I have to keep you abreast of all of my childcare situations, but uh, our childcare is out sick again uh, for the week. So I have been having to scale back my shows and responsibilities. So the only other thing I'm doing today after our draft is I will do the uh, fantasy life. Uh, office hours in the discord at 3 30 if you guys want to come talk best ball show off your exposures ask me to review your teams all that good stuff i will be in there at 3 30 p.m eastern good thing you didn't tell me otherwise i would have called up that child care worker and been like hey you can't do this to pete not right before the fourth of july 
It was it was brutal. It's it, it always happens because you know Lauren and I are with with April Friday Saturday Sunday and then we're like all right finally gonna get some stuff done on on Monday and then out sick I'm like I'm just, yep. dear Lord give me strength. The parents were late. I know we have more parents in the audience now than ever, so we appreciate all the parents out there have to deal with that. And the frankly, the fact that the weekends, Pete, are more work than than actual weeks because of yes. when, you, when you have days. I don't want. I don't want to complain because I do love uh, spending time. It's just more like okay, I'm finally going to have some time to get some stuff done. And then you're like, no, I'm not going to have that time. So uh, Spags, we do have time to draft though. Let's head over to the Splash Play channel for draft number 69. Yeah, we're going to teleport over there now. Join us for a nice 69. Spags, it just so happens that all of my monumental drafts occur on the Splash Play channel. Draft number 50 happened a week or so ago. And now draft 69 about to take place. Yeah, so just draft 69 for Pete here. A very nice number to be hitting, of course. We are already in our Best Ball Mania 4 room, as you can see. So we're waiting for a few spots to fill up here. And Pete, I do have a surprise for you as well. As I mentioned, one of our beloved regulars, who you might remember from the Splash Plate channel, you might remember from a ship-chasing appearance, sent us his proprietary data, Pete, for this show. It is, in fact, the pillow talk above expectations from our guy, Mathology. So if we draft one of these players, Pete, I guess I'll have to move the screen and we'll have to objectify some ladies on Instagram who dating football players oh no i am i'm terrified how like how involved is whatever mathology sent you over does this involve multiple slides okay no so it's actually just an excel sheet i'll show you guys what it is here while we wait for the draft room to load so you guys can all play along here pillow talk above expectations <laughs> uh, so we have we have Allen, we have Herbert, we have Jefferson, we have Cup, we have Barkley, we have Raheem Mostert. It's an eclectic mix and not all stars. It's like we have Tony Pollard's baby mama. We have uh, Eckler. Like it's it's everybody everywhere. Um, the the fact and the thing that's so sick about this is I can tell that mythology didn't just like whip this up for this occasion. It's that he's been maintaining this database <laughs> Um, I, I just wait until mathology takes my fantasy data pros course over there. and is now like using nice graphs to, uh, to chart his, uh, pillow talk over expectation data. You have to figure <laughs> out what's the, if I should just be streaming the entire tabs here so I can make quick jumps. I don't know what to do. We'll figure out though, how we can get these gals in the mix and Pete, it looks like you're in the eight hole. I'm in the four hole. So will we be drafting any of these guys? Um, I just, I love that you just said with a straight face, we'll see how we can get these girls in the mix. <laughs> I want to make sure Mathology's work is properly honored here. He sent it to me. He was like, this is a special thing for Pete's 69th stream. So I can't let Mathology down. We know we support our, our, our regulars here as much as anybody. Did you hear about, um, I don't know if you saw this in the Discord, uh, but Mathology had this big project he was debating doing. Basically, his neighbor, and hopefully I'm not speaking out of school, sharing his story here. His neighbor like had a giant tree fall down. And he has like a connect with some guy who... I don't know, owns a wood chipper, like carries logs away. And he basically was like, I can do this for far cheaper than the tree company will to come break this tree apart and ship it down. And he charged him exactly how much it would cost to max enter best ball mania. So now <laughs> mathology could say he is free rolling uh, best ball mania after chopping down some trees. Um, it really is an incredible story. So Pete, you made your pick here, but unfortunately I have to do this because... <laughs> This is, I'm going to do it this way, I think. I'm going to pull up my entire Chrome tab so we can see. Our first pick off the board goes to Anne-Marie Cup, of course, Cooper Cup's loving mother of, uh, I think, two children now, I believe they have. But there we go. Not Nothing too salacious here, Pete. Just a, a man loving his wife and, and a woman loving her football player lover. 
I, I can't believe that. Uh, I guess this does check out for this draft. And why you did it because you took Cup? Or is it if you and I take someone that's on the spreadsheet, they get pulled up? Is that what we're doing? I guess so. Yes. Is there an AJ Brown for you? Uh, doesn't seem like AJ Brown is a significant other. He's too busy working his way through the Philadelphia area. AJ Brown is married to Chipotle. That's his yeah. one true love. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're going to get butt play. You're going to get it from Chipotle. <laughs> oh, God. Bonk yourself. Bonk yourself. I do. Oh, you know what? I do have a new bonk gif here, I think. Uh, let me see. Oh, here's a big version, Pete. The bonk dog. Uh, I prefer my version, which has you uh, photoshopped on uh, the dog that gets bonked. Yeah, slightly better version, but I do have some new big gifts. Of course, Pete, the the one that you love the most. <laughs> Wait, was it that the name of the commenter on the last show, Chunky Deuce? <laughs> I think it was, yeah, it might have been Chunky Deuce. And then this Pete? one, of course, Pete, that uh, I think uh, might be, actually, this one might be the most appropriate for this stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, only Spags, it's like, you got to keep these in the hopper for like a well-timed reveal. Spags is like, they're all in here. Might as well just show them all right now. Because it takes work to put it together. Uh, also, we have the, the community going here on Splash Play. Lots of fun. But Pete's on the clock. What are you going to do with your pick? Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. I do kind of like Jonathan Taylor. Um, let's keep taking. Hmm. 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 Yeah. I'm going to do JT and AJ Brown. A couple grown-ass men. Okay, let's see. Jonathan Taylor, does he have anybody available on this list? Uh, nope. Really limited at running back. I don't know yeah. if Mathology gave up <laughs> these two columns here. Well, do you know what I think Mathology says is that if he's going to put them, if he's going to put a wag on the sheet, they have to have legendary upside. Um, <laughs> and there's just, it's just not that deep of a pool. God, I hate that Mathology is forcing me into this bit right now. Speaking of things, me being forced into things, uh, both the Sam Sherman tweets and also this bit right now, Saquon Barkley, come on down. He's on the chart. Uh, who is his significant other? Anna Congdon. Kongdong. Okay. She's working with him all offseason here, dealing with his contract issues. <laughs> you actually had me believing that for a second. I was like, is that his <laughs> trainer or something? <laughs> oh, did well, they have a kid? How nice. I didn't even know Barkley was a dad. Yeah, no, I mean, again, we see a dad out there. It's like, oh, great. Now you know he's a good guy. So that's, yeah. we didn't know that about Saquon until seeing that he also has birthed a child like Pete and I have. Well, thank you, Mathology. I feel, um, you know, in the same way, you know, on your birthday, you feel good and everyone, you know, wishes you a happy birthday. I feel that same joy of having my 69th draft, you know, commemorated in such fashion. So thank you for all your hard work, Mathology. You wanted to make sure you had something special for yourself here. And I get the the Rams-Giants correlation with the two biggest stars on both teams, unless Saquon doesn't sign his deal, um, in which case I'll be screwed here. But let's see what else I can take. Um, really nothing nothing too crazy at value-wise at this point. I don't want an unstacked Hurts, so whoever's waiting for that can get him back. Um, yeah, let's do DK Metcalf. Why not? Back on your bullshit, DK Metcalf. <laughs> Hang on, real quick, back to the mathology thing. What do you think would be more disturbing if his wife just found like hard drives full of regular pornography or a link to this Google sheet? I'd argue the Google sheet is far more disturbing. <laughs> See, I think she would understand and be like, oh, this must be part of his professional ventures. Mathology has a lot going on in his work. So maybe it's like, oh, it's a spreadsheet. There's a, a classiness to it. And it's not like he's giving him ratings or anything. So I think he'd be okay. Um. All right, that's good to know. Um. Stay safe out there. 
Um, how many BBMs have I done? This is number 73 for me, I think. So I'm trying to keep in the same pace as Pete is here, and I'll probably hit, uh, I don't know if I'll do any during the week, but I'll definitely get my 75 in before July and then probably take take the week off in Puerto Rico. Um, That sounds lovely. Um, Let's see. I am... At for a second, I was like, should I get my first Calvin Ridley share? And I'm I'm not taking Calvin Ridley at ADP. I just out of absolute really? principle refuse to do it. So I'll keep uh hammering Debo here. I think that Calvin Ridley is an okay pick. I do think he's a little bit frothy, but you know, like we've talked about when you mentioned last stream, like if you're taking Metcalf a bunch, you probably do have to take some Ridley. So I have been doing that. What is the reason you're down on Ridley though? I think his ADP is like just ignoring a lot of stuff and you know the first being there is just a lot of risk about him being out of football for a year stepping into a new offense and people are just kind of directly extrapolating what he did two years ago and again i've read the article i want to root and I, this is so hard to give actual calvin ridley analysis while you're scrolling through through debo girlfriend see not even I, calvin ridley <laughs> yeah i've just i how am i supposed to focus um and I do think people kind of projecting him to get back to the target share he had in his heyday in Atlanta, where it was basically just him and, and Julio Jones at the time, now in an offense with Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram, with Zay Jones, with um, a couple good running backs. I just think it's a pretty big leap. And it's not to say he isn't a part of this amorphous tier that I consider goes from like pick 32 all the way down to where I drafted Traylon Burks last draft. Like, I do think you can make cases for all of them, but I don't think like I, I would probably take like Traylon Burks, like fantasy points straight up over Calvin Ridley. Like I just think he's part of this big tier. And so having him at the top of the tier just means I'm not going to have a lot of him similar with the Barkley stuff. Like I think Barkley's fine, but I like Pollard more. I like Brees Hall more. Um, and I like Ramondre more, so I'm just not going to have a ton of the guy who's the most expensive of a tier. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, I certainly like some of those guys in the range as well. I've talked about Christian Watson, who I do like a lot. Uh, Mari Cooper, who I think makes a lot of sense as well in some builds. Both those guys go here, uh, but Ridley still definitely has some upside. Maybe he's just elevated Zay Jones, but what are you going to do here? I know I'm just really, uh, should I just make today Drake London day? Should I just finally start catching up on my my low Drake London exposure. I mean, he played um, well down the stretch. A lot of things you can talk yourself into with London, um, even if he is probably a little bit too expensive relative to Burks and Pickens and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll grab one. It's like, I like ETN and Gibbs, but I continue to have drafts where I'm getting those guys in the early fifth. And so I'm just going to, you know, kind of price control my exposure to those guys there um, as opposed to drafting them at ADP and just uh, keep hitting uh, wide receivers here. And here's how it feels, Pete, when you draft uh, Drake London. <laughs> that, that is indeed how I feel. That's Arthur Smith uh, showing us this. When you, whenever you draft a piece of the Falcons passing game, Arthur Smith pulls over and shows you his nude egg. Oh, God. Just, just a, a great scene there. What's your favorite skit from this season, by the way? Because I feel like now we've had enough time to reflect. I know you've watched it all. I think you should leave. What's your favorite one? Yeah, I actually haven't got to do. I watched it through twice when it first came out. I haven't rewatched it now in, in a little bit. Um, I think my favorite, the one I think about the most, is honestly the Jason Schwartzman dinner party. Don't mm -hmm. talk about my kids sketch. Then that turns into like what cool activities he is having the rest of the board guys at the party do. Um, I don't know. Something about that one has been in my head for a while. 
people think that's like a meta take on Tim's belief of like how he is like his audiences where like they're waiting for him to do the thing. Um, I think that like the ghost tour, I believe is supposed to be like um, a, a metaphor for his SNL times. But those are like the, the deep cut subreddits of, I think you should leave fans or that they think they has like hidden meaning to those two sketches. Wow. What, what think pieces are you reading? Is this like, are you on, I think you should leave Reddit message boards. <laughs> The meta, I think you should leave. No, I, I just see it sometimes on Reddit, and I'm like, oh, interesting theory, I guess. So I don't, I, I follow the stuff because I just like seeing. I honestly just like seeing the gifts in my stream any given day. So if anybody cuts through the noise with their weird theories, I'll, I'll give it a read. What do you, uh, man? I again, Reddit is one of those things. If I had an infinite amount of time in my day, I feel like poking around on Reddit for like 30 minutes uh, would be fun. Do you do that regularly? Oh yeah, I go on Reddit every day. I mean, it's weird because Reddit is to to embrace my full stream sixty nine here. Weird mix of me of of porn and actual content. <laughs> There's a lot of things in there that are like not things I want to open in public necessarily, uh, but still enough that I think <laughs> bonk yourself. It's, I'm taking I'm taking Justin Fields here for the record. Does he have a pillow talk? Fields? No, Justin you Fields just on the prowl, I guess. Don't don't hover over Natalie Locke for that long. <laughs> don't, this guy is relapsing uh drew lock married made an honest woman out of natalie newman so now she's you know she's back in play maybe she could make an honest quarterback out of him <laughs> it would be funny if this is the year that like gino goes down or whatever just sucks in the beginning of the year and drew lock explodes and ar sucks and drew lock is like my king <laughs> hey it could happen it could happen um i'm on the clock here i was gonna scoop tj hawkinson if he fell to me at pick 56 that doesn't happen debating if i want to do a second running back here i do really like kenneth walker um i'll grab him here at pick 56 um i'm just not as um you know when we, we talk about like not getting buried at wide receiver you're you're definitely higher than me on Pittman. i'm like pretty indifferent on marquise brown slightly below i'm i'm slightly above on on Pittman um right here and then you can see i draft Lockett, deontay johnson mike evans burks a ton and so this has been just like a natural detour range for me away from a uh, wide receiver but i don't know it, it goes back to that thing too of like i want to make sure sometimes i'm selecting a wide receiver there so a lot of my teams aren't just completely exposed to falling tight end slash kenneth walker or jk dobbins you know basically which is normally the guys i'm i might be considering there yeah, I started taking a little bit of Marquise Brown more. I'm still not a big believer in Arizona, and I do think that there's a lot more risk there uh, that people account for with just them bringing Kyler Murray back. And if they do have Colt McCoy out there for too long, I just don't think it's going to work the best for Marquise Brown in particular. But I do think in this range, like I agree, I kind of fall into taking Hawkinson, taking one of the QBs or whatever, or just taking one of the receivers that I, I like a little bit more. Um, so definitely being open here and being aware of your tendencies, it's probably easier for you because you're doing all the streams. But for everybody out there, uh, we all have our tendencies and you kind of have to identify them and try to pivot around them once you start to get deep into your entries. Yeah, and you can look at the the fifth round wide receivers here. You know, Chris Godwin. I like Godwin. I know Karain's really down on Godwin. He's. It, I, I will admit to, he's not like a fun click. Um, JSN is a fun click. Marquise Brown, not a fun click. Pittman, I think there's lots of questions. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't consider him a fun click. And this is not, I'm not saying bad or good pick. I'm just saying like what yeah. it makes you feel when you click them. Like the fifth round is fairly gross for wide receivers. Like, and, and I know this ADP isn't necessarily indicative of every draft or how this board has fallen, but it, it is weird how that works where it's like, I like the fourth round and the sixth round wide receivers just as much as the ones that go in the fifth. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And Pittman, too, I will point out again, I will defend this guy. Do you think there's a real chance for him to have that Devonta Smith role in the offense with how uh, Shane Steichen's porting over a lot of those concepts? That said, Pittman is falling now in a lot of drafts. So I think trying to dollar cost him down for me will be the move. And um, if you want to try to get him as a faller, like he's cheaper on DraftKings, he's getting cheaper on underdog as well. Um, Pittman, I think I think you're not alone, Pete, in thinking he's an unsexy click. I wouldn't be shocked if he falls behind Burks and maybe even Deontay Johnson over the next few weeks. I was going to take Deontay Johnson. There he goes. So um, I guess we'll build out our bet on Seattle here with Lockett. I'm trying to see if there's any other prime correlation that I should be prioritizing here. I'm not seeing not seeing anything else jumping out. I, I don't mind this price for Dobbins at all, but I do uh, don't I don't think I'm going to like my team if I take a third running back there. Also, I should uh, quickly do the plug here because uh, uh, Pete gave me all his advice about what to do for channel memberships, and I instead did the easiest possible thing here. You can now join on YouTube down below here on the Splash Play channel. What you do is you get a badge with a little Splash Play helmet. You also get access to custom emojis. So if you want to have the RB pig, uh, you can hit, I think, just uh, the colon pig, colon, whatever. Uh, but all stuff here, we're trying to build out the offerings on Splash Play. And, and the good news, Pete, the thing that I'm offering up if people get a membership, I'll review all of your teams. If you just send me teams, you get unlimited access for me to give feedback, talk about your team. Um, so the thing, Pete, that I've been unlimited? doing for free for you. I hope, someone, I hope someone makes you regret that. I mean, look, it's $4.99 a month. I want to make sure I'm giving adequate value back. We'll find new ways to do that as the channel expands and we get some more members in. But yes, unlimited access. If you want any feedback, I'll tell you what I think is good, what I think is bad. And now I'll only do it, Pete. I'll never do it for free again. Wow. Incredible. I So you're telling me, Spags, theoretically, if I became a member on the Splash Play channel and, I, and I've drafted probably over 300-some teams on underdog this year and just i set a calendar reminder of like basically every hour of each day i send you a different team like oh i drafted this one in the uh superflex contest from about three months ago can i get your thoughts that you are legally obligated to review every team i send you for five dollars a month i'm not legally obligated but i am <laughs> going to try to yeah i'm like if it's you know, like i don't think we're gonna have thousands of members so if we have like a hundred people on here that are a member yeah i'll review all your fucking teams and tell you who i think is good and who i think is bad I might, I might have to become a member just to take advantage of this perk. I am on the clock here before Pete takes advantage of my, my kindness. Um, I did take Kyle Pitts here for the Chicago correlation. Waller would have made sense for me as well. Don't love this receiver pocket, I guess, besides Quentin Johnson. I'll take Quentin Johnson. Don't sound so excited. I like him. It's just like I take him too much in this exact spot where it's like I feel a little thin at receiver. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, these are my mental trends. I know for sure that I'm I'm uh, baiting myself into a little bit too much. But Quentin Johnson is a wide receiver for I guess I can't argue it. Yeah, um, I'm going to see. I like Waller as well. This is a nice. The thing is, is, man, this is a super flat uh, tier here as far as all these running backs. Um, I am going to grab, I'm kind of with you of how, how you feel about Quinn Johnson, where I'm going to kind of just keep getting my, uh, Elijah Moore stuff. I'm now, uh, close to even with the field on Elijah Moore as I catch up after being low on him to start. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have anything screaming out to me there either. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a tough pocket, I think. So Elijah Moore, I have no issue with. Quentin Johnson, I have no issue with. But um, definitely this is a pocket where I could see why we usually do want to go on our running back runs. 
um, at this point in the draft. And shout out to CLN joining here. Perhaps we'll send me 300 teams. So we'll see. Can we break me mentally for $4.99 for the cost of a, an extra value meal at McDonald's? You can break my <laughs> break my spirit quickly. And just just know that Spags um, QA team, they do sniff out if you're trying to multi-account with your significant <laughs> other and you're actually trying to get 600 teams in. Um, it does have to be all from one account. Yeah, send it as a screenshot. So that's the one rule. It has to be a screenshot. If you send me an Excel, I'm just going to glaze over and not be able to think about it. So it has to unless, be an unless the Excel includes hyperlinks out to uh, WAGs around the world. Well, yes. Then now, of course, I'm on board. Oh, I haven't been doing my job. Do we have any WAGs that we missed here? Um, no, you didn't. Okay, you might take People's Jones later. Oh, wait, Donald Peoples Jones is uh, dating this girl who is uh, an MMA OnlyFans girl. Oh, okay. great, great link here, uh, <laughs> Mathology. Glad you got this one in the in the hopper here. I think that's her old handle because I think she now has a WWE name one. Uh, what is Lola Vice? Here we go, Lola Vice WWE. This is Donovan Peoples Jones, significant other. Okay. Oh, cool. I, uh, wh wh how is this? How is this relevant right now? We have. Can we wait until someone drafts Donovan <laughs> Peoples Jones to do this? I think I, it's I, relevant I, to the audience. I think I know our audience. <laughs> I'm glad this is on the Splash Play channel and not uh, my channel. What? It, speaking of which, because I have not gotten a chance to do any quality control on the uh, the Splash Play Friday streams. What has been the vibe of those? Now that I built some good teams, I built a uh, Ravens and Lions, I think last week uh, on Friday. So check those out. I think they're worth binging um, and just putting on in the background, listening and falling asleep too would be the goal. Uh, but no, I've been drafting my teams. It's actually been a fun exercise, Pete. Like I think the first drafts are always better than the second one. This week I actually got two good drafts in a row and like people actually enjoyed the teams I built. So I think it's been a worthwhile experiment, even though like you're, you know, you're boxing yourself in with your streams. Spinning for a stack on a stream is really boxing yourself in. How much have you found yourself are reaching to complete the stacks because it is the mission versus still trying to let the draft come to you? A little bit of both. I do think more I've been kind of willing to... Uh, hmm, wait a minute. So I should take my fifth receiver, right? No, I don't have any Dallas stuff. I'm going to take James Cook here. Um, I think that... It is certainly like you're reaching for some players sometimes, but then the room has sniped me enough times that I'm now not forcing it that much. Um, I've been lucky, I think, to get some of the spots I have in drafts, but it, it hasn't been crazy. Like, I think I've still built logical teams. Are people uh, are people sniping your stacks just to dick around with you that are watching? No, that actually hasn't happened. In fact, the weird thing has been that they've actually been allowing me to get players sometimes. Oh, like, uh, wow. Our, your fans are nice yeah. to you? Wow, that sounds nice. <laughs> Well, it's like our guy Alex Berg was in the Friday stream and I had Ravens and he was going to take, he's like, I normally take Tyreek at three, but I'm taking Cooper Cup here. So you can get Tyreek at four. Um, those are the things that I wouldn't expect a kindness to occur, but did get a little bit of a kindness from Alex Berg and, wow. and a few others that's come up for sure. It's either kindness or they just kind of feel sorry for you, you know, streaming on a Friday afternoon with nothing better to do. <laughs> that's probably also fair. I, I'll accept it. By the way, Spag Stacks will be going off this Friday again. So I'll hit two more teams and then they'll be off for the week. Uh, hoping that the baby isn't incredibly annoying flying down. Wow. Way to throw that baby under the bus. <laughs> you haven't flown with April yet, right? No. And I have no interest in doing so right now. Yeah, no, I think it would be, it's going to be a tough one, but we'll try to, we'll try to survive. Um, oh God. All right, Juju here for wide receiver five. I do still want to get my five before Yikes. round 10. Yikes. <laughs> hey, when I drafted Juju, I, I get roasted. Let him have it, guys. 
let's back what, okay, know he's what, a wide receiver. What's wrong with Juju? Juju is just Jacoby Myers with a little more money going his way. Um, not as good as Jacoby Myers. Uh, the Patriots should have kept Jacoby. Um, I think we can safely say that. I mean, uh, so it's a little bit tough to compare apples to apples, given that that New England offense was what it was last year in Kansas City's Kansas City. Juju was better in all the metrics than Jacoby Myers last year. Like he was better in all the advanced ones and all the like target per out run kind of stuff. So I don't know that it's fair to say Jacoby Myers is better unless we're accounting for how bad that team was last year. Um, I mean, Juju was very, very bad down the stretch last year. I do agree he's going to be in line for a lot of volume. I, I kind of think... Hang on a second. I'm just going to yeah. go ahead. I'm going to grab Najoku to get my uh, double stack here with uh, Deshaun Watson because I basically want to make sure that I'm not forced into selecting Donovan Peoples-Jones knowing that that's going to force another Instagram tab to be opened. That was my thought <laughs> process there. Uh, does Njoku have anything? Oh, uh, God. No, no, none of these guys. What, what is the order of these? These are not by ADP either. Like Noah Fayette up there. <laughs> So this is Kyle Pitts. I did draft Kyle Pitts. Missed this one earlier. Um, okay. Oh, here's Kyle. Oh, look at <laughs> bags. We can't. We can't see it because <laughs> both of their faces are obscured by your video box. There we go. Right. So this is Kyle at his time off, huh? <laughs> Why? What's so funny about this photo, you? Does that aesthetic not seem a little bit like I don't know, a little Urkely for you? <laughs> yeah, but I I like that aesthetic personally. I don't I like want that for my year. generational talent tight ends. I like this outfit. A, that's a big bow tie. That is a big bow tie. Yeah. Methodology <laughs> <laughs> wants us to objectify the women. We're like, boy, check out Kyle Pitts. What's he doing here? I would appreciate if Methodology would sort his spreadsheet by ADP. I think that would probably help uh, Spags going through the list here. Yeah, actually, I need to keep the tab open on my laptop so I know which ones are over here, and then I can only click over if there's a player available. That I'll try to do to improve here. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's weird. Weird colors. What is going on here now? Let's see. Here we go. We're back. I am debating. Do I want to take? two quarterbacks with the same bye week. Um, I'll be kind of forced into what happened to you last draft, but I do have a fairly big bet on Seattle here with Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett. Nothing else is like screaming out to me. Like positionally, I'm very balanced here. Um, I think I am just going to go ahead and grab Gino stacked up with Lockett and Walker. I needed redemption yesterday. I had a JSN Locket team got egregiously sniped by a user named the Chosen One, and today I am the Chosen One, completing my stack with Geno Smith. Geno with one of the biggest breaths of ADP, I feel like, where you get him sometimes at 100, get him sometimes at 130, but um, I think taking Geno, I, I don't mind it this year, even with Drew Locke breathing down his neck any moment now, he's going to take over. You know what? I will say to that, though, it feels to me... I don't notice him dropping as much as guys like, um, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, where there's really only one stack. You know, basically, if like the Garrett Wilson drafter has already taken another quarterback or whatever, and they just kind of shrug Aaron Rodgers at ADP, he can fall. The thing with Geno, though, right, is you have three different wide receiver drafters who are interested in him. You know, whether you take Metcalf, JSN, 
or lock it, it puts Gino on your radar. So I don't know. I actually feel like his ADP has like a tighter band where I feel like he's always going like between 108 and 120. But he did almost mm-hmm. fall to you in that one draft uh, last week. Yeah, and I've definitely gotten him at like late 120s, early 130s enough times that it's sixth me. But I guess that could be small sample size stuff of boxing him out, maybe getting somebody who already has two QBs. Um, definitely a possibility. Uh, people do like Gino, though. I, I know that's certainly a fact. And uh, Bindles, by the way, saying exactly what we're all thinking. Smash the like button, guys. We appreciate it here. Of course, Splash Play, Fantasy Football all year round. I will put up a gift to indicate here. You should subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave a comment down below. That gift is so gigantic. How could you possibly ignore it? Um, all right. I guess I got to get the Bears double stack with Darnell Mooney. How do you, yeah, I mean, how do you play that with uh, Fields? I was, I'm in a, a Dalmatian draft right now where I did just the uber cheap Fields one where I did Cole Komet and Chase Claypool. Um, but I, I think any of the, like, I like DJ Moore, but I think there's so many different ways, similar with Anthony Richardson, where you can justify like a big stack or just a really pared down skinny stack. I just think that if you're making the bet on the QB, like obviously not always, I'm not trying to alpha stack Chicago and I might not go further than these two guys, but like, I do think you want to get at least a double with them because you are making the bet on the guy. And if somebody else is making that full bet harder than you, like you don't want to be behind them when you already made kind of enough of a bet. So I don't mind Moody. He's not like, I'm not dying for him. I probably could have tried to push him, I guess, but uh, what are you gonna do with your pick here? Yeah, I was kind of looking at the board here. Uh, I'm going to grab a guy that I'm kind of surprised I'm just slightly underweight on um, in Nico Collins and get a a six-wide receiver here. I like Nico a little bit ahead of ADP, but um, I'm just not often selecting. I've kind of had to go out of my way recently to get some more Nico and Mingo just because this is always the point of the draft where I'm pivoting over to select running backs. And so, again, going back to that thing of, I like Nico. I like Mingo. Those are guys I want to have some exposure to, but if you're not consciously doing it, like if I'm, if I'm just in like autopilot draft mode, um, I'm often not selecting those guys. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I sometimes take those guys. If I have, you know, like Tennessee, I guess for Houston and Nico, or if I have Jacksonville, I'll take Mingo a little bit more, but uh, both players certainly have roles or potential to have roles. And Nico, I think maybe a little bit overvalued to me compared to like John Mechie. Uh, but still definitely there. Shout out to Steve, by the way, saying, screw the chosen Ooh. one. All my homies hate the chosen one. $20 super chat. We appreciate that, Steve. And and Pete, there we go. I'm reaping the benefits of you <laughs> getting sniped yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um, Steve, that was supposed to, uh, my Venmo is open. Um, I'm the one who got uh, brutally uh, victimized by the uh, the chosen one. The community all suffered, I think, seeing you not be able to get Geno Smith at a discount. I mean, we all suffer when that happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was hard for me to let my guy, uh, A-Chain, go by there. A um, lot of shaming of the A-Chain drafters these days, I've been noticing on uh, on Twitter. So I need yeah, to I don't uh, agree. Continue. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, A-Chain is a perfectly good bet. I know like most are cheaper and Wilson's cheaper and like A-Chain has some flaws in the profile, but that fast and was able to have 20 touches per game in college. Like you just don't see that combo too often in a, an offense that like, I think we all love. Um, and I don't, I don't buy into the Miami regression stuff either. Like they were so aggressive downfield. I don't, I don't think that they're going to get worse this year. I, I guess I believe a lot more in Mike McDaniel than it seems like some of the sharp people do. All right, Spags, this seems like a time, you know, in almost 20% of my drafts, I select Kendra Miller. If I'm ever going to balance that out with some Jamal Williams, it's going to be 10 picks past ADP. Um, 
Here you go, Jamal. The swag daddy. Come on down. Is, this, is the swag daddy on the spreadsheet? Uh, let's see. Swag daddy. No, again, only five running backs. Only here, five. So. <laughs> we're just we're just tapped out. <laughs> so we do not have anybody there. We do have the shot. Oh, Deshaun Watson has a significant other who bless her heart. <laughs> but you uh, did draft Deshaun. Geez, I'm on yeah, the clock. We'll go back to Deshaun's significant other in a moment. Let, let's not. Let's not go back to that. <laughs> Let, let's make. Let's get all of our inappropriate comments out of the way. Um, all right, I'm going to take Cole Komet here. He might fall back, but I just I'll complete my Chicago triple here. We'll see what else we do. But of course, we have to get back to Deshaun Watson. Jilly, a nice. Oh, she cooks, Pete. I'm not. I'm not indulging in this behavior anymore, especially when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Already, right. like I already feel guilt for having selected him in this draft for <laughs> even trying to profit off of him in a fantasy football contest. And now this is just like rubbing my face in the mud. Is his foot not all the way in the shoe, or is that the, <laughs> or is that I like the background? I am not enhancing. That's on. That's on you to figure that out. Well, anyway, the Sean. Good for Deshaun here, getting a nice, honest woman who loves her father. I'm sure that father delighted to hear <laughs> your daughter is bringing Deshaun Watson home. I, I am. I, I wish. I'm going to ask Underdog to throw this draft out. Um, I feel. <laughs> I've never felt more gross selecting Deshaun Watson. I think I think he likes that she's got some muscular arms to dig in deep with the massages. Yeah. Would be my thought. Um, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to transition us. If you guys would like to wear a splash play tank, <laughs> you can check out our splash play merch in the overzet.shopify store. Yeah, it's a great, great merch there. I, I wear it sometimes on stream. Very comfortable, of course, like all the overzet Shopify uh, stuff out there. No better way to transition, Pete, right into an ad read from that, <laughs> that quality content we were just doing. There's only one way to get you to pull up from this bit and that was with an ad read all right let's see what we're doing on the clock here a lot of qbs on the board a lot of qbs on the board yeah never a good feeling when you spend two early picks on qb and then you see all of the fallers are qbs i'm gonna take tyler algier here and we'll see what we get back on the other side but again have the chicago atlanta bet of kyle pitts i have the fields triple stack now so algier makes sense in this build to build out my my running back room um, I agree. I'm going to have an interesting choice here with my pick. I'm hoping that one of these next two drafters makes my decision for me. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, are you worried about your Kendra Miller bags at all, by the way? I know we've kind of breezed past that. No. Um, well, they, they didn't make my decision for me. I was, so I was debating between Devin Singletary and Jerome Ford Jerome Ford really building out my uh, Cleveland bet or Singletary kind of paired with Nico um, with a Houston bet. I'm even on both those 9.2% Singletary, 10.8% um, Jerome Ford. Let's go ahead and just grab Singletary. Um, am I worried about Kendra Miller backs? No. Um, in fact, I'm excited about him. He is a guy where I'm okay. I think if I continue to, I'm completely willing to keep drafting him where he's going. And if I approach 25, 26, 27%, I feel pretty confident his price is going to rise at some point during the draft season. And then my bags will probably be packed and I won't be drafting him at like pick 100 or whatever. But at this price, I am very comfy continuing to select him. Um, although you can say, well, I just took Jamal Williams, but I never, uh, Jamal Williams is off the board always way before Kendra Miller. So I decided to take advantage of that rare opportunity. But again, like my philosophy 
with the Saints, with the Bears, and the Dolphins, I think there is value in that backfield because of the ambiguity. And I do really want to be taking darts on almost all of those nine backs. Alvin Kamara is the one guy I'm okay being underweight on. Um, and the rest of them, I would like to be at least even, if not um, overweight on the field. So Sam Duell here in the 12th spot, who I think we like, I think he's in chat, took Daniel Jones, of course, which would have been nice to have as part of my, my Giants Rams here, took Matthew Stafford for the correlation with Higby. So I tough run on QB here, P, or even Matthew Stafford going in the top 160. That's what happens. You know, eventually these guys fall and then uh, they start to look like uh, nice values there eventually. And the room gobbles them up. Stafford with Higby, just not enough for me to take Stafford, but but I guess, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh, I'm tilting a little bit inside. I really wanted to get Stafford. I'd never take Stafford, and this was the one time where I have some Giants built out to do it. I'm sorry, Spags. It's okay. You know, it it kind of reminds me of the time I got sniped on uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, and you're like, what world do I live in where I'm upset about getting sniped on Baker Mayfield? <laughs> um, all right, I was debating between Jerome Ford and Singletary. Ford comes back. Um, I could also take Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I think – I prefer just structurally how this is shaping up. I think I like the running back selection here more. Okay. I mean, I, I think it would have been tough to go back to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones significant other again to honor our guy. Was, methodology, so. I, you know, you know how there's the um, ETR has the decision tree pyramid when you're on the clock and it's like ADP value structure, player takes correlation on my personal pyramid is how do we not get the spreadsheet to come up anymore? And I am making selections. That's a lever I'm trying to pull with my picks. Seems like a solid lever to pull, I would suppose. Um, all right. So I have four running backs, six receivers, two tight ends. So should be done at tight end. Do you need another QB? Nobody makes the most sense at this point there. God, is a tough pocket for me. Um, all right, I guess let's build out. Pete, let's build out our Chicago bet. We don't have enough bears. Let's get Deonza Foreman in the mix. There you go. God, this team. One one bear in every draft. <laughs> yeah, do it. exactly. Roshan, definitely my favorite bear. You know what's weird is Foreman goes the highest. Uh, I guess Herbert goes higher, but Foreman goes like 20 picks ahead of Roshan on DraftKings, which just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, what, what are the other like big discrepancies? I hear you guys. I haven't been drafting over there, but I do hear chatter. Um, JSN, I guess, is another one that's way cheaper. On drafting, Alex is there in the 160s sometimes falls to the 170s, so he definitely is okay. one of my highest exposed guys right now. Uh, but there's a lot of them. Like the receivers overall are, you know, five to ten picks after ADP for the most part, and sometimes will fall even further. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're also giving out tickets now. So if you guys want to draft some DK teams, a uh, good time to do it now because they're giving out their free tickets and people are not paying uh, the most attention to that stuff so far. Uh, can you? Uh, you can't even build up anything with Pittsburgh late. God, this is brutal. I think I'm just going to have to take Ritter late. Um, I will take Isaiah Hodgins here. I don't buy into the Paris Campbell steam as much as the public does. It's yeah. crazy, Pete, that he's up to 179. Yeah, and it's so weird, too, because, like, most of the takes I would hear on the Giants are like, uh, just take Waller. Don't even bother with who's going to emerge here or whatever. Like, that was, I feel like, the prevailing take of how people – Felt in the ADPs reflected that Jalen Hyatt's falling, Wondell Robinson's falling. But now all of a sudden we have supreme confidence that Paris Campbell, and he's even like a player I like. He's been a guy I've drafted over the years, but I feel like we know um, what, 
what he is as a player. Um, I guess I'm going to take uh, Taysom Hill here. Taysom Hill with David Njoku. Come on down. I do not have a single share of Taysom Hill so far. In Best Ball Mania? I don't think in anything. Yeah. You know what? I, I've i come around on Taysom Hill lately relative to his price dropping. Like when, when the big board opened up, he was going in like the 12th and 13th round. I now kind of like the risk-reward proposition more. Um, but why, why are you... I feel like I'm probably closer to agreeing with you than the Taysom Hill sloppies, even though I've started to take Hill. Why are you fully out on Taysom? It's just so much money going to Carr. Like, I don't think they can treat him the same way as they did Winston and Dalton, who were basically free roll QBs. Um, like, I think with how much you're spending on Carr, you're going to have him out there for even more snaps. And um, I guess Taysom can still get the gimmick TDs, but they now have guys who are like, they have a lot of pass catchers. They have Shahid, they have Michael Thomas, they have Olave. Uh, reverse order would probably be the better way to say those guys. But Juwan Johnson was good last year and certainly deserves targets. So it's not like it has been the past few years for New Orleans where, oh, it's like, we don't have anybody to give the ball to. Let's give them to Taysom. Now they have a lot of guys to give the ball to and a QB who they're paying an ungodly amount of money to. So I think that's a tough two factors combined for Taysom. And, you know, I just don't see it the same way. I'd rather have Juwan Johnson, I think, than Taysom at tight end. Yeah, I like Juwan Johnson stacked with Derek Carr. I think the the thesis, though, and that was what I got hung up on first, is I think the path to him starting is, is very thin this year. But I do think, um, one, if there was an injury, two, if they continue to want to use him around the goal line a lot, like the upside case is there. I do buy into the upside case. I think it's fine being underweight him, but I do like grabbing him when he falls. Um, I have lots of potential quarterback options for my third quarterback here. Um, do I want to, do I want to take Brock? I've been trying to get more Brock. I have Debo at ADP. I was kind of torn because I was like, you know what? This seems like a good chance to get a CJ Stroud share yeah. um, because I have uh, Nico in Singletary. Here's my thought though. And the reason I did go this direction, I think Purdy's going to get more expensive. Um, I he, There feels like a lag in his ADP. There's a lot of positive sentiment on Purdy. Similar to the Geno Smith thing, there's lots of viable stacking partners with him. I do think we're going to see Purdy's ADP jump up two to three rounds here. I don't think CJ Stroud's ADP is going to move up. So my thought is let's continue to get some more Purdy shares now while he's cheap, and then we can always get Stroud shares later because I don't see him moving up much. Yeah, I, I think Stroud should move up a little bit more. I guess we probably need really good camp reports for him to do that. But he is like a locked-in starter who was, again, just like completely electric throwing the ball in college in a way that I think um, a lot of the guys in this range were not. Um, so I still like Stroud, but I, I agree with your take that Purdy's only going to get more expensive now that we know he's healthy and he's already got some throwing sessions going. Uh, Mac Jones also getting more expensive too, so that's why I reached for him there. But I think this is going to be a – even though I have fields, I think this is going to be a 3QB build for me. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm going to have to do some dumpster diving at wide receiver. I had Michael Hardman queued up as a bring back with my Cleveland stuff. He is gone. I'm at six wide receivers now. I do like my six wide receivers. Um, but positionally here, um, I need at least one more to get to seven and man, I do not like this range of the board. Well, bad news, Pete. Unfortunately, I did draft Mac Jones. Sophia Scott is Mac Jones, a significant other. Um, seems like a nice lady here. Look, very, very classy gal, it seems like. I like how you go to the most revealing photo, as you say, <laughs> the most classy gal. 
on the clock here uh i don't i just saw pink i was like that's a beautiful outfit that's what i was looking for uh desmond ritter will be my third qb here so fields mac jones ritter both these guys have week 11 buys um and because i have you know i don't really believe in the atlanta offense and chicago offense so i talk about that for the week 17 picks um where if you're taking those two qbs you want to believe in those offenses so i'll take mac jones to pair that off um all right man what am i gonna do here you know what? Maybe I'll do the thing. My God, that feels gross. Pat Crane always telling me to draft more Robert Woods. Should I get a an unstacked Houston stack going? I just can't. I guess. Yeah, I you already can. have three QBs. I wish I wish you didn't take Geno because I then I would take Houston and then just actually get Stroud here. Uh no. Oh yeah. I mean, I you and I totally could have done that with a Watson build and expect you know, I still even had Ritter in my back pocket too with London. So it is one of those things where it feels gross when the value pockets don't line up with your selections. Um, and a lot of times I'm good at breaking ties in that favor of knowing, like, hey, I have London, I have Debo, you know, I, there are going to be guys there. But when you backdoor stack, just by where their ADPs go. Like you don't even know that Stroud is on your radar until pick 128. And so then like you've already selected Gino by then. Yeah. I think Stroud now, now that Mac Jones has come up, Stroud is probably my favorite bailout QB because you can take Mechie. You can take uh tank Dell. You can take Singletary. You can take, uh, again, I wish Schultz were a little bit cheaper because that'd be the nice way to complete it off. But I feel like with Mac Jones coming up enough, like Stroud is now my official, I would plant a flag for him being like, the bailout QB when you just get sniped everywhere else. Yeah, I have I haven't been taking a lot of him. I like I said, I think I will start to get more of him um as we go. I think it's just because I haven't been selecting a lot of Nico. Um and then, you know, it, it stinks that they're, you know, I guess if that I do have a lot of teams where I've taken Schultz. I'm fairly even with the field there. Um I think I am going to go tight end. I'm going to end up with back to back uh 3573 builds. Uh, today and maybe I'll get our I'll get our guy Michael Mayer who's too cheap. I could. This is one of those spots where it's like, man, I I, I could double stack Gino or triple stack him and ta tack on Noah Fant. Even with the correlation, I think I like Mayer just so much more as far as his upside at the end of the season. Wow, Stroud's still available as well. People don't like Stroud, and I I don't think it's correct. I like. I don't know. I don't think Stroud should be leaving drafts not drafted, personally. I think he's a good enough talent, and that offense is going to be so improved. Again, a lot of San Francisco concepts coming over because they did hire D'Amico Ryans, and uh, Slovic is their guy who was the, the pass game coordinator for San Francisco. Now he's their offensive coordinator in Houston. Um, I don't know. I'll just plant a flag for Stroud. Like He's not like an AR bag from here or anything like that, but uh, I think he's a very solid player that people are just kind of blind-spotted on. I do need to just point out that the reason I took Michael Mayer in retrospect is that he correlates with Jonathan Taylor in week 17. That was the true reason. I thought, I actually thought that was why you were doing it, but you just weren't I saying did. I actually, it even slipped, uh, slipped past my radar. I retroactively taking the correlation W on that one. All right. I have a three, five, seven, two, I think, and I didn't take a new England running back. So I think this is a spot for a rare, Ty Montgomery share receiver. Wow. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's a click. I don't think I'll ever make this off season. Really? I, I mean, I still think Pierre strong is more appealing leverage against Ramondre, but I think Montgomery has got a shot to have a role. If he can stay healthy for the first time in his career. 
I will I will not um, disagree with that at all. I, I actually fully agree that he's going to have a role. I think it is a useless role for fantasy football. Um, is in the 18th entire. round? Yeah, I mean, maybe you could sell me in full point PPR. He catches three to four passes, falls into an end zone a game. But, I mean, what you're excited about with Ty Montgomery is if he's catching passes. And um, he's never been, like, a breakaway runner guy. Maybe you're hanging your hat on, like, them using some more gimmicky stuff with him around the goal line. I just think his profile, like, of the other guys, like, give me Pierre Strong, um, who I do think if Ramondre Stevenson got hurt – would have some pretty big upside getting 15 carries a game in that offense. All right, so let's read out my final team here at QB. Justin Fields, a little bit of a value. Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, so a three QB build, but I went so cheap behind Fields, I think it makes sense. Saquon as my anchor running back with James Cook, Brian Robinson, Tyler Algier, and Deonta Foreman. Receiver, Cooper Cup, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Quentin Johnston, Juju, Darnell Mooney, Isaiah Hodges, and Ty Montgomery, the illustrious Ty Montgomery. And a tight end, Kyle Pitts and Cole Komet. Another weird build for me, Pete, but I, I don't hate the team. I feel like you might not like because of uh, the drop-off here to Juju at wide receiver five. Um, Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a team where you feel weak at wide receiver. Scroll up. Let me see your running backs again. Uh, Yeah, your running backs are good and go up higher. And then your quarterbacks, Ritter, Mack, and who? And uh, uh, Ritter, Mack, and Fields. Fields. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you're you're definitely struggling a little bit at wide receiver there. I would have maybe, did you do Claypool? Did you tack him on? Did not do Claypool. No. Because I had Mooney and Moore and Komet and and Foreman. I had enough Chicago, I think. Yeah, yeah, you probably probably did. Um, I guess maybe like I take Mac Hollins as like an Atlanta, another Atlanta bring back there instead Mm -hmm. of Ty Montgomery maybe. Um, But yeah, you already had a lot of Atlanta with with Pitts and Algier. So Um, your team. All right. My team, I continue to mess with, this is the third 357 build I've done across my last four drafts. It's something I've been messing around with, this idea of three, but also getting a guy who has um, upside at the onesie position, so a little bit more expensive, as opposed to just the in-vogue three-punt QBs or three-punt tight ends. So get Deshaun Watson, Geno Smith, and Brock Purdy at quarterback. Running back Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, and Jerome Ford. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, and Robert Woods. Tight end, David Njoku, Taysom Hill, and Michael Mayer. I like my correlation. The Robert Woods pick felt gross. I wish that was Miko Hardman instead. Otherwise, I think I like this team. See, I just wish you'd taken Stroud because I think like with this team that you have where you have a good five wide receiver base, then the value would be like having another stack on top of that. So I don't know. Like that's to me the way that I think about it, like with the Houston stacks in particular, because it's like you have your good base here. You have like guys like Brown, you know, Debo, like whatever you think of those guys, like that's a good base. So the real value add would just be like really correlating with another QB, I think. Yeah, but here's the thing. So I, I was thinking through that two spags, but I feel like I get the benefits of the Houston stack of them. Say they're an undervalued offense. Say Stroud is good. I'm getting the benefits of that through Singletary, through Nico, and maybe Robert Woods. Um, And with the Niners, right, I don't have any other Niners to build out that bet with. Like, I'm not taking Jawan Jennings and whoever else. So Brock gets me that direct stack with Debo, and then I have to say to myself, even if I did go Stroud, how often is Stroud getting into my lineup above Geno and Deshaun Watson? If he is, 
I've probably gone wrong with one of my other picks where I feel like I'm making the bet on the Texans and I don't need that quarterback to do so. And whereas getting access to another stack with San Francisco that I wouldn't have had access to otherwise, I would have just had a one-off Debo. That's, that was what I was doing. And I don't even think you're wrong. I think the Stroud stuff makes sense, but I actually feel like I was able to sneak in an additional stack had I not gone uh, with Stroud. I guess I, you know, this is kind of close a loop on it. Um, I guess my question would be like, does Debo making a lineup mean Purdy's making a lineup? Cause I don't think that's the case. Whereas like if Nico, if one of Nico and Singletary or I guess Woods and Nico, like any of those two out of those three make it like, you're probably getting Stroud making your lineup. But I would I think, think that that's, think that's fair to say, like if Debo has one of his like rushing games yeah. or whatever, but the thought with the three different stacks is that, you know, the one game, if it's in 15, 16, 17, that, you know, Debo Samuel catches two touchdown passes with Purdy. And you're trying to like, the other part of it, right, is you're trying to get a unique stack through to the finals. So the thought would be like, say Deshaun Watson and Gino, Deshaun goes off week 15, Gino goes off week 16. uh, Deshaun and Gino are heavily represented in the finals then that Brock Purdy to Debo stack becomes very rare because a lot of teams didn't sneak that through. And then I can use the same logic for the Texan stuff. Like those guys can go off a week and you're really thinking about like the points above replacement for the position and the Watson, Gino, him, go, you know, superseding those guys in your lineups, I think is just a little thinner. And honestly, those spags, I, I think it, you can make a case for both sides we're arguing on. The main reason I did is that idea of, Brock Purdy's going to get more expensive. I've been playing catch up on him, trying to get my bags packed. And I don't think Stroud is going to be a significant riser. I think if you want Stroud stacks throughout the best ball mania drafting season, I think you're going to be able to get them. Yeah. Stroud probably, if he even hits an apex is like 150. Whereas if Purdy hits his apex, it's probably close to Gino. I would think in terms of like the, you know, early 100s ish. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so there we go. There's the teams, guys. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the channel down below. Let me pull up the GIF one more time. Please subscribe here to Splash Play. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Again, don't forget to leave a comment on this video as well as the video on Peach Channel where we went head-to-head on there. Uh, comments on both videos will get you two entries in the Pete's giveaway, $1,500 to three different people for when Pete hits 15,000 subs on his channel. And, of course, Splash Play pushing towards 3,000 subs. And when we hit both of those, Pete's 15,000, Splash Play's 3,000, you unlock a special Splash Play drunken episode out here which i'm sure the people are clamoring for pete uh give the plugs one more time you're heading into the discord for uh the fantasy life world a little bit here right yeah that'll be at 3 30 p.m eastern no club show today as i mentioned i'm on my stream scrambling uh to piece together childcare for april this week and so having to pare back my stuff uh so fantasy life discord at 3 30 if you guys want to come in there for office hours and then i will be back Tomorrow for Best Ball Breakfast doubleheader with Pat Corain and Sean Siegel drafting teams number 70 and 71. Someone is asking me about my pace. Um, I think I'm like directly on pace. I kind of think of the 4th of July as like the halfway point of drafting season. That'll give us most of July and then uh, I think most of August. And uh, yeah, I'll be at about the halfway point early next week. So feeling good about my clip. And here we go. Jake pointing it out here. First time draft with you guys. Last time drafting with you guys. Uh, it's a fun time, Jake, here on our end. So hopefully it was a fun time for you. We appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us here. Follow Pete at Peter Rubbers at follow me at Chris Spags. Follow this show at Splash Play Pod to know whenever we go live. And of course, I'll be back on Friday here on this very channel doing the Spag Stacks one more time. Uh, any final words here, Pete, as I pull up our outro? 
Uh, no, appreciate you guys all hanging out and definitely become a member on the Splash Play channel and take advantage of Spags's insane unlimited team review perk. Yeah, please. $4.99 a month here. Hit the join button down below. I will review all of your teams. Send them to me on the Discord. Of course, Pete's Deposit Kingdom Discord. Send it to me on Twitter. Post it on the YouTube comments. Whatever you want. Just send me a screenshot, and I'm happy to review all of your teams if you are a member. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll see you guys again soon. Good luck drafting out there. Happy 4th of July, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.